Well, good morning, everybody. Wasn't that a great baptism video? Uh, If you weren't there for that, you you missed a whole lot of fun. We had a a great weekend all together with our Easter services. There were 20 new professions of faith. So 20 people put their faith and trust in Jesus for the very first time. And then we had 16 people that were baptized there and you saw in that video. Now, the video did not show how strong the waves were that day. If you were there, you saw that. They were very strong. There was a strong current pulling down the shoreline, and uh, it was fantastic to go in with 16 and come out with 16. So we were were grateful for that. That was a, a great day. So here's what we need to do as a church family. We need to be praying for the 20 that put their faith in Jesus and the 16 that followed that up with baptism. We need to be praying that they would grow strong in their relationship with God. So we have a responsibility. If you're connected with one of those people, you have a responsibility to help them grow strong in that relationship. So let's be praying for them this week. Now, today we're starting a new series that I'm really excited about. This series is simply called Purpose, and we're going to explore the the big question that many of us have. like, what is my purpose in life? Something that many of us have asked. And so as we begin today, I want to start by just asking you some rhetorical questions about purpose. So I want to get us thinking together this morning about this issue of purpose. So think about how you would answer these questions. So question number one, do you know what your purpose is in life? The reason that you were created, the reason you exist, do you know what that is? Question two, do you know why God placed you on planet earth at this specific moment in time? Did God want you to chase the American dream? Is God's purpose for you to win the lottery, retire early, and live on some beach somewhere that nobody knows the location? Or might God have another purpose for you? Question three, do you know why you're in your family? That specific family, that specific position that you have in your family, do you know why God put you there? Or does God not have a reason for things like that? Do you know why you're at your job? Besides just getting a paycheck, might there be another reason that you're there? Do you know why you're at your school? Beyond just surviving and hopefully graduating or working as hard as you can to accomplish as, as much as you can, might God have another reason for you to be at your school? So discovering our purpose in life is something that interests most of us. At some point in our lives, whether young or old, we start asking questions like, what am I here for? I mean, what what really is my purpose in life? And so we all typically go on a journey to answer those questions. We go on all kinds of journeys. So there are people that go on the accomplishment journey. I'm going to accomplish as much as I possibly can because there are some of us that feel that purpose is tied to accomplishments. Then there's others who go from career to career, jumping in search for that purpose, thinking if I just find that career, that right career, I'll know my purpose in life. And as we go through all these adventures, there's this little whisper from the back of our minds that says, if you don't discover it, you are missing out. You've got to know what your purpose is. 
why you were placed on planet Earth. So that's what we're going to try to discover together in this six-part series, the reasons that we were created. And we're going to dive right in today into a Bible verse that contains some foundational information that we need to know about our purpose. And it's a Bible verse that's very popular in Christian circles. So Romans 8, 28 is the verse that we're going to start with. So if you brought your Bible, you can flip over to that. It's going to come up on the screen as well. But this is a verse that brings great encouragement to people who are going through difficulty. It gets used appropriately and inappropriately. It gets quoted at appropriate times in right contexts. It gets quoted in wrong contexts. There is the first part of the verse that it gets a lot of attention. And then the second part of the verse is many times just ignored. And a lot of Christians don't even know what it says. So the first part of Romans 8.28, let's start there. It says, and we know God causes everything to work together for the good. Now, most Christians who know that verse, that's where they stop. And there's a lot of powerful truth in the first part of that verse. So God causes everything to work together for good. So like everything there means everything. So that bad thing that's going on in your world, God can take that bad thing and make it a good thing. Our God specializes in that. He specializes in fixing what's been broken. He specializes in bringing life in situations where there is death. So this is a verse. If you want to know a verse that you should know, this is a verse that you should know. So when you are going through one of those difficult moments, those life-devastating moments where you're wondering, where is God and how can good ever come out of this, this is a verse you should quote to yourself over and over and over again. God can cause good to come out of bad. God can cause good to come out of any situation. So we should know this verse. But that verse continues. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So when you read the full context of the verse, this promise does not apply to everyone. It applies to those of us who love God and are called according to God's purpose for us. Now, the word called and the word purpose in the Bible are very similar. So we're going to be jumping back and forth today in this message between those two words. But the uh, the original Greek word for called is kaleo. And kaleo happened all throughout the Bible. So Abraham and his descendants were called by God to be in a special relationship with him. And then Moses was called by God to go and help the nation of Israel get out of 400 years of slavery. David was called by God to be the king of Israel. Nehemiah was called to rebuild the wall around the city of Jerusalem. And in the last series that we had before Easter, we saw that the prophet Jonah was called by God to take a very special, special message to a group of people known as the enemies of, of Israel and really the enemy of God, so the Assyrians. And God called Jonah to take that special message to them. In, in the New Testament, Jesus called the disciples to follow him. He called Peter Paul and Mary. (laughs) And those of you not laughing, 
All right, that is a music group from way before my time, okay? So Peter, Paul, and Mary, and Jesus did not call them. He called the disciples. So I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page. Sorry, corny joke, but I am corny, so. All right, I digress. So Jesus called Paul for the specific task of taking God's message of hope and love to the Gentiles. If you are not a Jew, you are a Gentile. And I am so glad that God called Paul. And I'm so glad that Paul responded to that call. And he lived out his purpose, bringing that message to us. So calling in the Bible had to do with a specific task. It had to do with a set of tasks. And it had to do with much more than that. There was this doing part to this purpose thing. And then there was a big part of being. So we're going to explore that in this series together. Um, And it all centered around a relationship with God. So your calling might include your career like a prophet of God, but not necessarily. In fact, most often your career has nothing to do with your calling, has nothing to do with your purpose. Your calling and your purpose is way more significant than your job. And some of you probably just sighed a sigh of relief because you hate your job. So if you hate your job, just know, like that's not your calling in life. That's not your purpose. Your purpose is much bigger than that. If you love your job, always remind yourself that your calling, your purpose is way bigger than the job that you love. Now, if you are a Christ follower, you have been called. In Ephesians chapter four, the apostle Paul, writing to a group of Christians in the city of Ephesus, he said this, said, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. So if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, what Paul said to the Ephesian Christians applies to you. You have been called by God. Now, if you are not a Christ follower, guess what? God is calling you. In 1 Timothy chapter two, it says this. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved. So how many people does God want to be saved? Everyone, everyone. There's not a person on planet earth that God doesn't want to be saved. There's not a person that you'll ever look at that God does not want to save, that Jesus did not die for. So God wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth, for there is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, and that's Jesus Christ. So if you are not a follower of Jesus yet, God is calling, and I hope that you'll answer his call. That's what he wants for you, for you to answer that call. Now let's look back at Romans 8.28. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those uh, who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So whose purpose are we supposed to live by? God's, God's purpose, not our purpose. Now here's where I struggle with this verse. Here's where I struggle with God's call on my life. See, the world tells me on a daily basis, that life is all about me. I don't know if you've gotten that memo memo or not, but the world says it's all about me, and I think you should know that. Um, My wife got an advertisement 
that uh, came from a makeup place, and it said, it's all about you. And I had to correct her on that because I said, wait a second, hold on, your makeup company got it wrong because my hunting magazine told me it's all about me. (laughs) So we've got this collision going on in our culture of messages that our, our, our world offers us this message that says life is all about you. Whatever you want, you should, you should do that. I mean, you should never deprive yourself of anything in life. I mean, do you know who you are? You are that important. You should do anything you want at any moment. If it works for you, you should do it. If it doesn't work for you, you should not do that thing, and you should never let anybody else tell you your purpose, even God, because we're supposed to decide that. We're supposed to decide what our purpose is. Now, Here's the problem with that mindset, that life is all about me mindset. For me, the problem is I believe that message our world offers way too many times. There are too many days I really think life is all about me. And the problem for you is there are way too many days that you think life is all about you And that's a message that God doesn't want us to believe because when God comes along and says, listen, like I've got a purpose for you. I've got something I want you to do. There are moments that I say, and there are moments that you say, no thanks. There are moments I say, hey, I'm just not feeling it today, JC. You know, like just uh, don't really want to do that. Like, I don't see how that's going to fit into my plan. I don't see how that's going to help me get, w- get to where I want to go. That doesn't fit into my purpose or my goals for life, my calling that I have for me. So do you have anything else? I mean, you know, I love you. like to hang with you. You're awesome. Thanks for sending Jesus to die so I can live. That's great. It's all about me, isn't it? It's fantastic. But I don't really want to do what you want me to do. Listen to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us. We are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So again, we are God's masterpiece. And he created us. And if you're a believer in Jesus, he created you new in Jesus. And if that's true, then God has a purpose for your life. God has a specific reason for creating you. He's got a specific reason for making you just the way he made you, just the way he made you, without changes. For placing you in life at this very moment in time, for placing you in your family, in your job, in your school, in your community, God has a reason for all of that. You see, we were created by God and for God, and that's where the struggle begins for us. We wrestle with being created by God and for God when it comes to living out our purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, his masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't really see a a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a Picasso, it's like, (laughs) but I wanna be his masterpiece. I wanna be everything he created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, dear heavenly father, do whatever it takes to mold me into the image of your son. Make me your masterpiece. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Hi. Whoa. 
Who are you? I'm God. You said the prayer, so here I am. You're not God. No, I am. You said the prayer. That's how it works. Okay, okay. If you're God, then uh, make it snow in here. You know what? I really don't want to make it snow in here because it'd get kind of yucky. Yeah, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Okay, okay. Um, if you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is only five chapters. It's a very short book. Oh. Why was it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh. Okay, okay. If you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? I'm really not into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. What gave it away? You answered my question with a question. I did? <sighs> yeah, I do that. Don't I? I did it again. <laughs> Step right up. Here we go. Okay. All right. Hey, what are we doing? I'm going to make you my original masterpiece. This is the process. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Wait, wait. What are these about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. Okay. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Step right up. Here we go. Okay. Oh, hey, God. Mm -hmm. How do you know what to chisel away and what to leave? I take out everything in your life that doesn't belong there, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of dead weight, could you chisel right here? It showed up when I was in my 20s and grew around and became back fat. I don't even know why you created that, but I can't get rid of it. I mean, I've tried everything. Like, I tried running, I tried lifting weights. My wife actually talked me into trying Pilates. That was awkward. But I can't get rid of it. So if you would just chisel around here, and then, you know what, if you chisel a line right here and maybe... Four to five, maybe eight lines right here. That would be awesome. You're funny. You made me that way. I also made the platypus. The platypus? All I'm saying is most of my children, when it comes to this process, they just want to talk, but they don't want to do the work. So do you want to talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel, No, talk, no, chisel. no, 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 no. I choose to chisel. All right. Through my Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring up things in your life that I want you to work on. Like your anger. I created the emotion, but you use it in the wrong way. Um, you compare yourself to others instead of me. You tell little white lies because you want to people please. You're lazy. But you try to fool everybody by looking really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Well, time out. <laughs> I don't really have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust. No, I can do it anytime I want. <sighs> Hang on a second. I mean, I, I got to admit, I, I feel like you've been doing some great work and I'm looking pretty good right now. All right, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and other people need to see my son. Okay, don't misunderstand me. It's just um, when I look more like Jesus, people get uncomfortable around me. I mean, even my church friends, and they're like, oh, you're holier than thou, you know? And, and I, don't, I don't think I'm supposed to make people uncomfortable. So what you're saying is you'd rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. That is not what I said. It's what you meant. Yes, it is. Um, it's hard to talk to you. You know everything that I'm thinking. I'm just saying you've done some great work. Maybe we take a break, a sabbatical from each other, you know. I'll stay right here and then, you That's know. That's just it. You never just stay right there. You're either moving toward me or away from me, but never you just stay. What you're doing is called control. Do you want to control things or life or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control, no, chisel. No, chisel, chisel. All right. But can we chisel where I want? That's called control. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Now this right here, this secret sin that you keep running to whenever you're hurting, angry, lonely, tired, that you think you're fooling everybody, but it's making you a whitewashed tomb. Are you ready for me to chisel this out of your life? Yeah. 
see it's a process. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. It's your whole life. And you care so deeply about what other people think of you. It's rubbish, it's garbage. The greatest thing you're ever gonna hear is at the end of your life when you hear me say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what you keep your eye on. That's the prize, heavenward. Oh, that hurts. Oh, trust me, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Right. Okay, I'm sorry. I just, I don't think you understand this pain. Pardon me? You're asking me to sacrifice a lot, God. Don't talk to me about sacrifice. I know all about sacrifice. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And there are things that you've been doing for years. These empty wells that don't have anything to offer. You've been going to them and it's insane. Allow me to chisel them out of your life. Um, allow me to produce character where you keep focusing so much on your image. Okay, but I was thinking. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Okay, but if we went another way. Your ways are not oh, my ways. Oh, I can't. You can't what? I, I, I can't be good. That's your excuse. That's your excuse is that you can't be good. It's not an excuse. I can't. Oh, my child. In the beginning, I said it was good. I made you good. Be good. Yeah, but you and I both... What? Nothing. No, what is it? Nothing, okay? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just, um, I let you down so many times, God. No, my child. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand. Never the other way around. In this relationship, I hold you up. Okay chisel away just just be prepared for what you're going to find in there because I know who's inside there because I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror and I hate who I see because deep inside there this 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 little kid who gets up every morning and dresses like an adult and I go out and I, and I try to do what I'm supposed to do, but I can't, okay? I can't be who everybody else expects me to be. God, I can't even be who I want to be, much less who you created me to be. And so inside is this scared, stupid little kid. But you chisel away. Just be prepared. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that were not for me. And you have totally bought into the lie, haven't you? You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night after you've done the dance to get the hug, you think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't take time to make junk. How can I show you that my love for you stretches as far as the east to the west? That How can I show you that my love for you has no end? I know. Reach in your back pocket. What? Reach in your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach in your back pocket. Oh, God. Yes? I just meant, God, I'll do that right now. You're just saying my name in vain. Come on. It's, it's a name. It's a saying. It's a name above all names. It's more than a saying. It's more than a name. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. 
Oh my gosh. You know what that is? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a note. I, I wrote it when I was in college. How did you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, read it. I love Angie. Other side. Sorry. Dear God, did I hear you right today? Did I hear you say that you love me? Even though you and I both know I've messed up so many times. Did I hear you say you want to use me? And I feel so useless. If you'll take me and use me, then God, I give you all that I am. Take me. I love you, God. I love you too. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. This salvation that you hold, I don't want it to be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And when problems come and chaos happens, don't look at it as a, as a prison, but look at it as a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, but you bought into the lie thinking everything was going to be easy when you gave everything over to me. There will be trouble in this world, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy is God's... No, not the way you see yourself or you try so desperately for others to see you, but maybe for the first time in your life, the way I see you, the way I created you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. And so are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. So you are God's original masterpiece. And the purpose of your life births out of you understanding that foundational truth. You'll never be able to live out your purpose without first understanding that you were made by God and you were made for God. Now, there are at least two problems with us being God's original masterpiece. The first is either we don't feel worthy of being that, or the second is we don't want to be that. We don't want to be God's original masterpiece. Now, if you don't feel worthy to be God's original masterpiece, God wants you to know today you are. You are worthy of that. He carefully knit you together in your mother's womb. He knew exactly how he wanted to make you. From before the world began, he knew exactly how he wanted to put all of you together. You're not an accident. God planned you, and he has incredible plans for you. He's got good plans for you, and they're to do good things. So no matter what you've done, no matter how much you've messed up in your life, you are God's original masterpiece, and he has an incredible purpose for your life. 
He wants you to see yourself the way that he sees you, as someone so valuable that Jesus would die so you can live. You are that valuable. God loves you that much. And when we begin to see ourselves the way that God does, when we begin to understand that we were made by him and for him, we are at the beginning of being able to understand and begin to live out the purpose that God has for us. But maybe that's not your struggle. Maybe you don't struggle with feeling worthy or not. Maybe your struggle is you don't want to be God's masterpiece. Maybe you want to be your own masterpiece. Maybe you think your plan is better than God's plan. Your purpose is better than his purpose. And I think we all wrestle with that at one time or another in our relationship with God. I know I have. I've struggled with that at many different times. Anytime that we say to God, listen, I don't want to do what you want me to do today. God says something in scripture that says, this is how I want you to live. Anytime we say, I'm not really feeling that today. We're telling God, I have a better plan than you do. My purpose or my plan for my life is better than the plan that you have. And when we embrace that mindset, life gets more complicated and we lose focus on this thing called purpose that we're searching for. And we saw that a few weeks ago in that Jonah series that Tim guided us through. God had this great plan for Jonah and it was to take a great message, I mean a profound message to the enemies of Israel that God's forgiveness was possible. And Jonah had another plan. He said, listen, I'm not doing that. I mean, that may be your plan, but that's not my plan. So Jonah headed in the other direction and God sent a big fish after him. Aren't you so glad that a big fish didn't come up at the baptism just to scoop somebody up that was being baptized? Well, I mean, wouldn't that freak you out? I mean, that would just be the weirdest thing ever. Sorry, random thought that just jumped in my head and out of my mouth. So here we go. So God sent a big fish after Jonah and God will do that for you and me. Any moment that you get off track with God, God will do anything and everything. He loves you that much to get you back on track with him. So we have to stop running away. And that was one of the messages in the Jonah series was take your running shoes off, stop running and turning it back on God's track. So some of you today may be in that spot where you have to stop running, take your running shoes off and get back on track with God and his purpose for your life. Now, here's why this is so important. Here's why living out God's purposes in our lives is so important. Ephesians 2.10 says again, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned long ago. So your good deeds in life just might be someone else's answer to prayer. Your Ephesians 2.10 good deed planned long ago by God just for you might be someone else's Romans 8.28, God brought a good thing out of a bad thing. And if you aren't living God's purpose for your life, you just might miss out on being used by God in someone else's life. And the reverse is also true. If someone else isn't living the purpose that God has for them, they just might miss out on being used in your life in a profound way to to be that, hey, there's a really good thing that came out of a bad thing in that situation. So in this series, we are going to explore more in depth this issue of purpose and what are the purposes that God has for us. Today has been like an introduction to this whole series. And the bottom line for today is this, you have a purpose 
And God wants you to know that purpose. Now, as a part of this series, there's one more thing that's going to help us to go a little bit deeper, and that's the the fact that we are going to spend some time reading through a devotional book together. So we're reading through a book called The Purpose Driven Life, subtitled What on Earth Am I Here For? And we'd love for you to get a copy of this. We've got copies available at the back at our Connection Center. We'd love for you to grab grab one of those. There is a reading section that goes along with each message that we're going to be doing. So at, starting today, then I encourage you to read section one in this book. And they're titled day one, day two, day three, day four. So there's seven days in a section. It should be pretty easy to follow along. So today, I would encourage you to start reading day one. And then this week, read through day seven. And this is going to, again, help us take another step further in exploring God's purpose for our lives. I encourage you to, to talk Talk to people about this. I encourage you, if you're in a small group, talk about it in your small group. My small group's going to start our journey tonight with this book. I encourage you, if you're not in a small group, I encourage you to, to buy a copy, hand it to somebody else, and start talking with them about it. Maybe somebody at work, and just have some conversations with other people about this subject of God's purpose for our lives. Um, the cost of those books is $10, and that's pretty much our cost. Um, so next week, We are going to dive into God's number one purpose for our lives, the first thing that God wants us to do. And I have to warn you, this first purpose that God has for us is going to be one of the most difficult ones for us to engage. Now, when you hear it, it's going to sound great. I mean, it sounds awesome. But the practice of it, actually putting it into practice in our lives on a daily basis is extremely difficult. So I hope that you'll come back and explore that with us. So let me uh, close this out in prayer today, and then Tim will come up and give us a few announcements. Let's pray together. God, I'm so grateful for the foundational truth that we were made by you and for you. Lord, as we search for purpose all over the world, The reality is our purpose can only be found in you. Lord, you're the ones that created us. You're the one that that made us the way that we are. And so we don't need to, to look within. We don't need to go on a big journey all over the world. We just need to start with you and ask you, our creator, what our purpose is. So that's what we're gonna do in this series. And Lord, I ask that you would guide us in a very profound way for us to understand and us to live out the purposes that you have for us. Guide us through this series, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Trent. Thanks for kicking this thing off with us for Purpose Driven and uh, continuing to investigate what God thinks about us and his purposes for us. Well, as Trent mentioned, my name is Tim Jones. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and we're so glad that you're here with us today. I just have a couple announcements. As Trent mentioned, we, if you would like to go through the study with us uh, to pick up one of the Purpose Driven Life books back at the Connection Center, again, they're only $10, and uh, we would love for you to go through that as all of our groups here at Epic are going through that, and we do that for the next several weeks. On your seats, there is an announcement sheet, and let me just highlight a couple of the announcements that are important that are coming up uh, pretty soon here. The first is that we are having a child dedication in two weeks on May 11th, Mother's Day, and so if you have an infant or a young child that you'd like to dedicate to God and dedicate your family to raising your child in God's ways, uh, then we are going to set aside a part of the service uh, to do that, and so if you would, sign up online under Epic Kids uh, for our child dedication that's coming up in two weeks uh, on Mother's Day. 
for that very important uh, day to do that. And then also, uh, on May 16th and May 17th, uh, there is an men's event. So if you are a man, we would love for you to be at Promise Keepers. It is up in Jacksonville on a Friday night and on Saturday as well. Uh, today is, we're nearing kind of the end of signups. So today there's a table right next to our tech booth. Uh, Chris Seppi is there. And so we would love for you to sign up and go with us uh, to Promise Keepers, which is coming up very soon. And then if you call Epic your home, there's two ways that you can give. You can give through our giving boxes, or you can also give online at theepicchurch.com. And if you're new with us today, we would love to get to know you a little bit more. If you'd like to get to know us a little bit more, please stop by our Connection Center, and there's material there uh, about Epic Church, or you could ask any of the questions that you might have as somebody would love to answer them as well. Well, guys, thank you so much for being here today, and uh, go out and continue to learn about the purpose that God has for us, and we're so thankful that you are here today. Have a great week.